We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for green and gold. And as we tra- we travel through April, we inch our way closer to the NFL Draft. My name is Mike Wendland. Matt Freilich joining me today is we're going to break down a trio of inside linebackers who could be potential fits in Green Bay this upcoming 2021 season. And Matt, it's good to have you back on. And it's going to be interesting to talk about some of these linebackers. All of them bring something different. And they all could fit this Joe Barry defense in different ways. Absolutely, Mike. Excited to break down the linebackers with you. Um, getting to the defense, defensive side of the ball from receivers from last week, but exciting to look at these backers. Like you said, possibly could fit into the mix with the Joe Barry defense. We'll see. Uh, and I feel like I feel like Andy Herman when he sets up these like these uh, these groupings of players, like he like he does his diligence as well. He's not just throwing darts on a dartboard. Like, he's specifically picking three guys, and just like the receivers, there's almost like one guy that stands out from the other two that maybe doesn't look exactly the same, but plays at a different type of level. Agreed. And, and like last week when you talked about some receivers that could have been, a, might be options at 29, I think we can both say these are guys who probably won't be in play in the first round, but if they were to trade up in the second round, or if they're there in their original second round pick, then you might think about pulling the trigger on some of these guys, but you got, you got everything. None of these three are probably going to be that pick at 29. Yeah, I mean, there's one guy in this list that I've heard, um, I'll, I'll use the word volatile, where his his selections have been made. Um, 
you know, I think maybe those are some outlier opinions, but overall, like you said, from the Packers' perspective, always grabbing value when they can get value. I don't see value in a first-round pick on these guys unless their draft board's way off from what, you know, the consensus is. Absolutely. So let's just jump right in. We'll talk about Nick Bolton first, linebacker out of Missouri, uh, 6'2", 32, uh, finishing his junior year with the Tigers. And this is an interesting one because we talked with our, our usually our, our, our third uh, partner, uh, Gage Richard, who couldn't join us this time, but... He gave us some of his thoughts on Bolton. He said he would not he would not touch Bolton with the ten foot poles. And he's a thumb from the run game, but he doesn't have the lateral skills or coverage ability to be a three down player in the NFL. Uh, I we talked a little bit about SEC linebackers as well before we started recording, but mm-hmm. I don't know if Bolton. I think I agree. I agree. He might be a little stiff, but can he be a, a linebacker in space in the modern NFL, especially taking on some of these running backs that the NFC North has? I don't know, man. Honestly, like, like Nick Bolton to me, and I said this to you before, like he looked like a you know a box safety to me. Now, if you would have asked me eight years ago if the Packers would have drafted this guy, I would have said ah, potentially. It depends who they had sitting back there. If Atari Bigby's still back there, MD Jennings, yeah, let's get a guy like that. But at the end of the day, like Nick Bolton is not super athletic for a guy you'd want at that size to play the hybrid position. He also, you know, he's a thumper, but the Packers already had guys like that. Like, we're as a fan and as someone that dry, tries to have the, the uh, you know, the best intentions when I'm rooting for my team, whether they're signing someone or whatever, I look for the overall goal of the team, not just like this quick burst. And, like, for me, Bolton, I don't see that he checks boxes for what they are lacking as a piece on this defense. Um, you and I talked beforehand, like, Joe Barry – highly, highly specialized when it comes to the, the nickel defense and that star position. I don't think Nick Bolton would be that star position. He's closer than maybe some other gentlemen on the team, but overall, he just doesn't seem like a linebacker to me. And like you said, like to be able to thump those running backs in the in the NFC, uh, in NFC North, like Delvin Cook, is he going to be able to keep up with him? Absolutely not. Like there's not a chance that Nick Bolton and Delvin Cook would ever win in a foot race. Um, you have, you know, David Montgomery, you have other guys that are in the division that I just don't foresee being able to, you know, get slowed down. DeAndre Swift, another one who's going to come into his, his sophomore campaign, like a very tough matchup, and I don't see Nick Bolton being a guy that can match up like that. For sure, and then uh, using one of our favorite tools, the relative athletic score. Yep. Bolton made four point six. Uh, he his his size was poor, at, listed at five eleven. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. this, he did run a four six forty, but the ten yard split was one seven one. So it seems like he's got good late acceleration, but early mm-hmm. on he doesn't get off out of his stance or out of out of the that two, that two point stance quick yeah. enough, which yeah. could be a problem when you're if you're facing a screen or if you're facing anything in space. That that's definitely something that makes me a little nervous. Now when he gets going, like you don't obviously want to get in his way. I mean, this dude out of the three, he's a missile. He lays some wood, man. Like he is a heat seeking missile and. I mean, there's a couple highlights where he's going, like, you know, <laughs> college quarterbacks struggled this last week. Like, college quarterbacks can make or break you. And, like, he, Nick Bolton's taking all the advantage of if there's a quarterback that's, uh, you know, leading receiver over the middle. He's just, he was, I don't want to say headhunting. It sounds dirty, but he was coming for you. Like, he, he does the, you know, he makes hits the right way. Um, I, you know, real enforcer over the middle. I just don't see him fitting into what the Packers are trying to do. I could see him absolutely dominating special teams for someone, um, you know, one of the 32 teams. I think he could be a great special team guy. I just personally don't see him as a dude that can really cover in the league, and I don't see him fitting a role that the Packers don't already have on the roster. For some reason, he just screams Pittsburgh. 
He does seem Pritz. He, he he does seem scream Pittsburgh. You know, it's every year I go into a draft, Mike, and I'm just like, ah, Pittsburgh, they'll never draft a linebacker. They have a linebacker. And then what do they do? Draft a freaking linebacker. Just add to that fraternity. For sure. Because especially, like he, you know, even lateral was kind of off. His shuttle was 4-5, three-cone mm-hmm. 7-4. It did have a solid broad jump, so he's explosive. Like we said, he can really hit. But mm-hmm. again, yeah, this screams like a, a two-down linebacker, goal line guy, special teamer. That, that that's something that I don't think they take in the first two rounds. If they do, I mean, I'll be the biggest fan of Nick Bolton. But uh, I just I just don't see that happening compared to some of the other linebackers in this class. This is a pretty good class. It's actually a pretty decent class for inside linebackers. It is. It is. There's a lot of quality names, a lot of quality players, um, and I think we've seen that in the last couple years from the draft. There's just been these guys that are just, bec- and we'll get into this a little bit later with the next two, like, where they have this, these body types that, as a Madden fan, as someone that just, like, looks at, like, the strict height, weight, and maybe combine scores, like, I love them. Um, one thing I wanted to know, or maybe ask you, Curtis Bolton, Nick Bolton, no relation, right? We're, we don't have to worry about don't cousins or anything. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Want to see how deep you went into your picks I, or your uh, your notes? I don't think that either, but, you know, just just food for thought. No, I do remember Curtis, though. I, thought, I, I did like Curtis. Me too. About a Frisco, Texas, I don't see anything that I can find. All right, cool. Thanks for relation. Then again, a few weeks ago, we did mess up Jordan and Jermaine Whitehead previewing the NFC Championship game, which was always so much fun. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So let's move on to our next player, and this is going to the bye. We're going to go to LSU, and that's Jabril Cox. Uh, mm-hmm. No our, no relative athletic score. He didn't do any testing, but 6'3", 232, and he doesn't look his size. He looks lean and, and, and quick, and he's definitely a lot more fluid than a guy like Bolton. And, but he's a guy where is he going to be able to step up to the next level? He went from FCS to FBS to the SEC, and now he's going into the NFL as a redshirt senior. Can he make that next jump? I like Cox a lot. Jabril Cox is the type of dude that's just like when I watch tape on him and in, in real time, right? Like I actually watched SEC football this year. You know, to be honest, I didn't catch a lot of Missouri games, um, but LSU games. Love watching LSU play. Like they're just so much fun on either side of the ball. And Jabril Cox, number 19, was the guy that, that would jump off the screen to me on defense. He's all over the place. He can rush the passer. He can play coverage. He has run, decent run support. To me, this is a guy that I, you know, I kind of I go. I don't watch a, a, you know, an absolute enormous amount of you know, college football. Um, I'll probably catch at least a game or two every Saturday, if not more, depending on when the you know the, the really great matchups happen. But when you know, there's there's a handful of guys when I go to the draft before I've even started doing my research, and Jabril Cox is one of those players where it's just like, dang, he would look good if he swapped out that um, yellow and purple for some green and gold. Like that's the type of guy that I want on the Packers, and he he checks boxes for me too. Like he he can you know create pass deflections, create interceptions. He's all over the place, and you know Bolton's a decent player as we discussed. But we already have guys like that in the Packers, where I feel like the Packers are lacking someone like Jabril Cox, where you can put him in space, you can kind of be versatile with him. And we talked about this last week as well, that the Packers want to add players that can do multiple things. And you see that with their offensive linemen they drafted, their front seven, their secondary across the board, like running backs everywhere. You want guys that can do multiple things because it's tougher to match up against on either side of the ball. And Jabril Cox, to me, um, the only you know couple things like is he two thirty maybe I, it, he could be you and I talked beforehand like I didn't see that maybe he is um, you know other than that 
I think there's a little bit, and Gage mentioned this too, I don't want to omit his, he said, you know, he, he was an interesting pick for him, liked the coverage a lot, wasn't the best processor, and what he's, you know, he's saying is just like not gathering the, the data as fast as he needs to to react on a, a super fast offense when you come to the league. But I think that's a teachable thing. Like, you can't teach size, you can't teach speed, instincts you can't teach, but you can definitely fine-tune instincts and get someone to react better. So Jabril Cox is someone I'm super high on. And, and that's the thing where Joe Barry, I think, really comes in, because Joe Perry made his bones originally as a linebacker's coach. He won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay as the linebacker's coach, working with guys like Derek Brooks, under Tony, under, originally under Tony Dungy and then John Gruden. Mm-hmm. That's where he made his, his mark. He was with the Chargers with linebacker cho- uh, coach when Melvin Ingram was making, some, making his first steps, and Sean Phillips when he was young there. And so he's a guy where he can really work with these guys. Preston Smith, another one in Washington. He can get these guys to work better. And I think that's where he's going to be dialing with the linebackers, with Kirk Olivadotti and with Mike Smith. And, yeah, and Jabril Cox is a guy that the Packers don't have. Like you said, they need that guy who can play in space. That guy, like Kamal Martin and Nick Bolton, I think of a lot of similarities. They're going to be downhill thumpers. They're going to run mm-hmm. through you and make you feel every hit you take for the next year. Chris Barnes, the very intelligent, very text, very savvy, wise beyond his years linebacker who's going to be solid and not make many major mistakes. Jabril Cox is a guy who's going to play in space. He can, he can go sideline to sideline. He, he has a good understanding of where the zones are and where the routes are going to go. He's a guy who can, like you said, he's, he's going to be a playmaker in the passing game. That I can't think of the last time the Packers had a linebacker who can do that playing inside, probably since they switched to the 3-4 in 2009. I don't think they've had one. I honestly, I was trying to think of someone quick, and I can't. And the fact that you said switch from the, you know, the 4-3 or the 3-4 just means that it's, even if there was a player there, it's not even the same NFL anymore. So it's like, I don't even know who that player would have been. I'm trying to think. Maybe Nick Barnett. Nick Barnett's a decent one, but even then, that's like, <laughs> never Nick Barnett. Nick Barnett is way closer to A.J. Hawk than he would be to Jabril Cox. So it's just like, I I don't think they've ever had a guy like that, and I've wanted it for years. Like, there's been guys on the last five years that have come out of, you know, any conference out of the NCAA, and I've wanted them to be selected by the Packers now. Let's remember the Mike Pettin era and you know everything before that. It's a different a different defense now. As you mentioned, Joe Barry might favor linebackers a little bit more. Having been a former um, position coach for linebackers, he might favor these uh, hybrid guys because he's such a big advocate of the nickel defense in that, that, dot, that star nickel backer position. So I'm hoping, and I've said this for a few months now, that I, I since Joe Barry was brought in, I, I have a strong feeling they're going to let Joe Barry go get a guy or two. Like You see that often when a team anywhere across the league does that. They want, you know, their coach to feel comfortable on either side of the ball, whoever it is, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, let him go get a guy or two in free agency or the draft and let him instill what he needs to do best because, you know, you can, you can't, you can't fit a round peg in a square hole. Like let him get a guy that can fill in his needs. And I, I honestly think Jabril Cox could be a smash hit. There's a question for you then. If, if, if he is in the middle of that second round, if he's in that 45 to 50 range out there, do you entertain trading up to go and get him? Absolutely. Like, and it, the, my only hesitance would be what happened with your first pick. It, that's all that matters. Like, if somehow – and there's many scenarios I could throw out here. I'm not going to throw them, but it would depend on, like, you know, if you want defense, if you trade up, offense, trade up. Like, it's, it's across the board. Um, 
he's a guy that I wouldn't, you know, once you get past, I mean, there's never a bad time to trade up for a guy if he's high on your board. If he's, if you see value there and you, you know, there's a, there's a gap, if you will, where you're supposed to be picking, I have no problem trading up for, you know, to get better equity in the draft. And if that's where they need to get to go get Jabril Cox, I'm for it. Um, yeah, I'm weighing on that. I like that idea. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think of the primary linebackers that have been talked about over the past few weeks about the Packers being picked, I, I've, I think I like Cox the mo- most out of all of them over guys like Zayvon Collins or Bolden or uh, Chaz Surratt or uh, the next guy we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best fit and the one thing like we've talked about now the Packers do not have the Raven Green was the closest thing they had who would play that type of role he's yeah. he's not he's not coming back they, not. They, unless they go and bring another hybrid safety in he, he's probably their best bet to fit what that role can be I agree I totally agree with you and like I've I can't think of a position that I've wanted the Packers to get you know, I'm a, I like I'm a big, big fan of safeties. Um, I have been for my entire life, and like especially now that we're like the league has changed, like safeties are even you know more important. Um, and you play with at least two on the field at this point, sometimes three, depending on the sub package. I mean, you know, a you know in a nickel package, a smaller corner, excuse me, a smaller linebacker could be considered a safety, a, you know, whatever. And I feel like the Packers have two really, really amazing players in Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage in a traditional football mentality of maybe someone of an older generation say, hey, they have two. How would you fit a third guy in the field that does the same thing? Um, but that's where it's going, and the Packers haven't had that spot or made that a priority in many, many years since the NFL's adapted to more of a sub-package mentality. So I go get a guy. Um, he's not a free agent. You don't have to spend a lot of money on him. He might be a first-round, more than likely a second-round pick, so you're not going to have to pay too much for him. But Give it a gamble, see what Joe Barry can throw together, and he might be the missing piece to allow. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The other front seven guys to be able to do what they do best and clear up some, you know, maybe some um, muddy depth charts. For sure. So let's move on to our third guy. And you talked about earlier how Andy always has his list. I think there's no shock that he would with three SEC linebackers here. So now we're going up to Kentucky. And that's uh, Jamin Davis, or Jamin Davis. Uh, on the relative leg score, 6'3, 234, a 9.93 elite athletic grade, ran a 44840. A one five three ten yard split. That is extremely fast. 
broad jump of 11 feet, 42 inch vertical. This guy is a monster athlete. The only thing that's against him is is maybe his size and and his and his frame. But another guy who can really run. But is he a workout warrior or is he gonna can he be can he be a bona fide NFL linebacker? Is the main question. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Other weakness, 11 career starts only. Now, you know, I'd, I couldn't, I'd be lying if I said I knew who Kentucky had at linebacker that was playing in front of him the last couple, last year or the year before, but I do know that they've had some good linebackers and that defense is, is pretty damn good in the SEC for the Wildcats. But uh, Jamin Davis is, one of, is the guy I referenced early on in the intro, uh, Mike, where he... I've heard that he could possibly go first round. I've heard second round. He is all over the place. And it really it's so strange because you you say that that like you know that Olymp- the Olympic talent or that uh, combine warrior engage mentioned that in his uh his notes as well call him what do you say uh underwear olympics so other good term but like for a long time like the combine numbers were so gospel, and now they're like we're almost doing a, not a 180, but like where we're like skeptical. All of a sudden, we like instead of putting a lot of weight into whatever metric it is, we've kind of been like, eh, is it really that important? That we saw that a ton with um 40 times this year. That was a huge thing. Like it was just it was bizarre to me. But really, if like you can play, you can play. And the one thing with Jamin Davis is like that athletic score is huge like you can and like I said that earlier with with uh with Nick Bolton or excuse me with uh, Jabril Cox like just because you're maybe you have some lack of production or lack of career uh, starts or whatever the case may be like you can get that if you're a project guy that's okay that's not a big deal the Packers aren't a team to 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 sway away from a project guy they've done that with Kenny Clark they've done it with Rayshon Gary they've done that with a few other players that they're okay investing it because they're not in a, a desperate mentality the Packers have never been a desperate team in my 30 years of existence and I'm sure there has been those moments but they really really are strategic with what they do they're not they're not a fanatic. They look through the lens of the team and their selections and their whatever they're doing for with the long plan instead of the short term. And if Jamon Davis is in the the long term plan, that's great. Um, you know, there, there's some comparisons that I saw and we talked about this earlier. Uh, KJ Wright, Darius Leonard, two really really good guys. The two other things I want to throw out there. Um, that I you know kind of listened to some interviews and some you know blogs on him like. 
eventually, like, Jamin Davis is like, if the NFL doesn't work out, they ask him, like, what would you want to be? He's like a corporate lawyer. That's interesting. Um, another quote he goes by is, like, you can't have a million-dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. And I think something like that, it might just be on an Instagram or a Twitter bio, but you can't teach work ethic. That's something that you can't teach. You can't teach athleticism, but you can teach the playbook. You can teach instinct to some extent. Um, Jamin Davis might be a project guy the Packers want to invest in. For sure, and now I want to make that quote. I want to make one of those motivational posters to put it on my wall. That, that, is, that is a great line. You're right. Isn't it good? I've never, and like, he, he was with an interview with um, Daniel Jeremiah, and I'm like, I sat there and I'm like, I've never really heard that quote before, or even something around those lines. I mean, maybe in a roundabout way, but like, good perspective from a young man who, you know, he's, what, 21 years old? So I, I like his perspective, and I think that's something that the Packers buy into a ton. They usually are huge when it comes to character, huge when it comes to someone that is really, really invested into their career and how to approach the game as a business. It sounds like very much like a current Packer who also played linebacker at the University of Kentucky. Zadarius Smith. Good pull. Good pull. I didn't even. Yeah, I forgot about Zadarius being Kentucky guy. That's. I think that's a. That's. I mean, that's not a crazy comparison to take, but I mean, you want the tenacity, and maybe he'd bring him under his wing a little bit. But I. What do you think about Jamin Davis? Like, do you do you see him as a first round grade potentially, Mike? Did you did you see that also where people had him in the first round, or am I was I reading some bad stuff? I've seen it, and I think that was right after the workouts because again. Right. Even like going back to when there was a normal combine, guys would shoot up the boards for a couple weeks after they test well, but then guys would start watching some more tape and they'd start to sink back down again. Uh, we kind of saw that with DK Metcalf. He mm-hmm. shot up the boards right away because he had that freakish combine except for his three-cone. But then they started watching, they saw some injury stuff at, at Ole Miss, they saw some route running issues, and then he dropped. I don't think this is going to be like that. I think Davis will end up being a solid second-round pick because even though he does only have really one year of starting experience... That 2020, those numbers are great. Mm-hmm. 102 tackles, four, uh, four tackles for loss, a second half, three interceptions, including a touchdown, and a forced fumble. Those are big numbers in, in, in at a Kentucky school that isn't a massive football powerhouse in, no. in, in a very, very tough conference. Absolutely. And we have a freak athlete like he's testing out as. He's rated pretty well by the draft network and I said before I've been compiling a basically a spreadsheet averaging the draft rankings from 11 different sources at each position right as of right now uh, Jamin Davis is linebacker 7 and I've compiled 7 of my 11 sources to make this list so far his highest ranking is from the athletic where he is number 36 He's their fourth-rated linebacker. Jabril Cox is linebacker five. His highest score actually goes over to, I think it's our, our very own Ross Uglum has him the highest at 42. Nick Bolton is linebacker four. His highest is from Pro Football Focus. He is 33rd. So they're right in that four through seven linebacker range. Everyone agrees at the top two are Micah Parsons and at Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and then probably Zayvon Collins. But then those next guys are all kind of in that, that similar mid-second round mix. And it depends on what defense you want. And I think Jamin Davis, if he's there at the end of the second round, you, you make that pick. You get a freak athlete. Even if he doesn't become an everyday linebacker, you know if, if that work ethic quote is accurate, he does play like that, 
he will for sure be on the field on defense for at least a good amount of snaps, and he will be a special teams monster. That's that's the silver lining, right? Possibly special teams. Um, if you're filling the stat sheet for me, you're you're in. And there's really, you know, I'm going to go out on the limb here. Like I, I have nothing to validate this, but I feel like if you're you're filling the box score in high school, college. I feel like that translates to the NFL. If you're getting block kicks, defensive touchdowns, sacks, tackles for losses, fumble recoveries, like something tells me you can play the game of football, and that's going to translate. Now, the biggest outlier and the biggest gap, skill gap is always speed. But I think from based off of what we've seen from Jamon Davis, like he has the speed. We're not too worried about that. And I, um, he could potentially play special teams if they want, if he's still that project guy. Um, think of Rayshon Gary a couple years ago where he came in, he basically did nothing his rookie year. He was, if anything, when he looked like on the field, a liability. At least you could put Jamin Davis on special teams where you really couldn't put Rayshon Gary. Let him move a little bit. Let him make some plays. Let him earn his way and potentially could turn into the hybrid type player that we've been talking about that the Packers need. But really, like, it's for me, and I maybe I'm wrong, or maybe you're you know you don't agree with me, but right now it's Jabril Cox one, Jamin Davis two, Nick Bolton three, um, and that's just based off of what I've looked at. I'm, I am surprised though, that you said Jamin Davis off of your average of the seven you've compiled, which is impressive to do that. Like he's at the seventh linebacker spot, but that might just be the fact that the linebacking core, as you mentioned to start, is pretty damn deep. Yeah, and, and even that's kind of thrown as an outlier because. The draft network has Baron Browning extremely high from Ohio State right now. Strange. Which I'll ha- I'm going to adjust that tonight because they keep on adjusting their their board daily. So I'm going to doing some adjustments t- uh, tonight uh, after okay. I edit this. But with Davis, there is one thing that makes me nervous though because he is an athletic freak. I, I we like him to be a Rayshon Gary, but there's also the chance or Jabril Cox too that they end up being Oren Burks. Oh man, that's. <laughs> That's tough, Mike. That's this is such a fun episode. You're gonna throw Oren, Oren Burks out there like that. That's terrible. Like, like, Oren Burks, I still could maybe do something with with Joe Barry with a new coordinator. I think Petten gave up on him, but remember he looked really, really good his rookie camp before he before he got hurt before he tore his pec. He did struggle with injuries, and it's not only the pec. He's had a couple along the way, but. Oren Burks is the guy I completely forgot about, honestly. He was off my radar. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe Joe Barry is the guy that could revitalize him that way. But at the end of the day, like I said that earlier, like they've never they've they've made an attempt at finding a person like that, like the Oren Burks or the hybrid type safety linebacker, but they've really never, in my opinion, really invested a ton of draft equity in that. Is Jamin Davis, Jabril Cox, Nick Bolton one of those guys? We'll see, but um, they're definitely, in my opinion, not first round grades. The Packers might have them differently, but that really wouldn't be a huge uh, pull if you're drafting the second round. No, yeah, I think I think second round is a very good start for these guys. If any of them drop into the third, you you are sprinting to Zoom or whatever it is that you're getting into Roger Goodell this year. You you make you make those you make those picks. But I agree, yeah, none of them I think are first round guys. But it's always fun to talk about these guys. We're only a few weeks out of the draft. This has been a blast so far. And next week, we're going to be diving into a full position group, which will be fun. And we're going to be seeing who's going to be replacing Jamal Williams in the Packers' backfield. We're going to take down the running backs next week, which for me will be the Jarrett Patterson and Garrett Groshek hour. But it's going to be it's going to be a blast. And Matt, 
I'm glad you guys are joining us this this month. So what do you got working on? Uh, working on draft prep, to be honest. Like, I like to educate myself on the draft process. It's been a little busy with personal stuff going on, but it's uh, always nice to have a reason to dive into the draft more, a reason to just stay in tune with it and, you know, get some, you know, peripheral uh, information that falls in my lap. But other than Pack-A-Day, um, still with Game on Wisconsin, we just finished the Tournament of Hate Bracket, which get Bayless won. Not really surprising. Uh, maybe of a chalkier Final Four, but it was an absolute blast along the way. Um, other stuff I have going on, nothing really Packers-related, but you can still connect with me on Twitter, slide into the DMs, interact with my page as much as you wish. If you have some players you want to throw my way, if you think Nick Bolton might be the next fresh thing for the Packers, let me know about it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Mike, what do you got cooking? Uh, mostly, yeah, just making the sheet for the draft, getting all my sources organized, figure out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Lemont, all one word, uh, the last name W-E-N-D-L-A-N-D-T. Also, if you're a fan of high school sports, you can watch me on ZaleskiSports.com. I'm covering Nina Rockets sports this alternate spring season. I just did my third consecutive day of Nina sports. I had soccer twice and football on Friday nights, and it's it's been a blast. I love I, this is my dream, so it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. So you can check me out there. Once we get into more sports like baseball and the Northern Lights Football League and Amateur Football League will be coming up in the beginning of May as well. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. And, of course, check us out, our entire Packaday team, at Packaday Podcast on Twitter and on YouTube. Andy's done a great job on our YouTube on our YouTube channel with that as well. And, of course, tune in for more stuff tomorrow. And just make sure I get this right so I can find our who's going to be in, what they're going to be talking about tomorrow. Well, Andy and Perry get the funnel. They get all the great corners. They're going to get Newsom, Samuel, Melifonu, and Campbell breaking down the, some of the best corners. I know some of them who may be gone before pick 29. So that's going to be fun for that one. So stay tuned for that. And, Matt, until next time, stay warm, stay safe, always carry the G, and go Paco. Go Paco. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.